It's time for episode 470 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only tech podcast with built-in automatic noise cancellation. That's because of the 30-minute limit. We cut out all the noise. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy. It's Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing okay, Micah. Uh, I didn't realize that they played us off after 30 minutes. The orchestra <laughs> starts swelling yes. and we have to you know, a big never hook. finish my speeches. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let us get into the show so that we don't get confronted with that uh, playoff music. Uh, to my left is the co-host of the absolutely fabulous, absolutely crushed podcast, as well as Oh, you know, somebody who's important at lickability (laughs) is Matthew Bischoff. Welcome back to the show, Matthew. Oh, it's always so good to be here. And to my left this week, it's the executive director of Rebellion Pack and a Porsche and pinball enthusiast. It's Brianna Wu. Welcome back, Bri. You know, I I think I'm going to try very hard, but I think I can make episode 470 the worst episode of Clockwise. (laughs) No! I believe I can do it. I'm going to reach inside myself, and I believe I can. This is the first time I think anybody has attempted it, so it's it's never before been attempted, but now we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, It's a brave new frontier. (laughs) Uh, Well, as we kick off on this brave new frontier, my question for you, uh, based on this very strange, I can't even remember if it was a video or if it was a GIF that that played out, but um, it, yeah, it was a GIF uh, over on the verge of someone taking a laptop screen and pulling it out. Their hands are kind of shaking as they do so. uh, And it is showing that there that there's potential for a laptop screen that resizes uh from say 13 inches to 18 inches and so i am curious you know we've got these foldable phones some people are into those would you be interested in having a laptop that could be smaller but get larger uh when you need it matthew we'll start with you I don't think I want this in a laptop, but when I was watching this GIF, it reminded me, it took me all the way back to when I was like 10 years old and I was reading a physical copy of MIT's Technology Review magazine. And on the cover, they had this like prototype of a tablet that was rollable. So what I really want is like a cylinder that I can toss in my bag and pull a clear, flexible screen out of and turn it into a tablet. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the laptop form factor makes this weird because it's like, well, what happens to the keyboard? Where is the keyboard? Is the keyboard on the side that doesn't roll out? Like, I don't quite understand right. how that would yeah. work on a laptop. It feels very awkward. But I agree with Matthew that a a tablet feels like a really good opportunity for something like this because you could have something maybe in like an iPad mini form factor even that could then, you know, pull out the side and it's more like the size of a normal iPad. I mean, obviously, like Micah said, the phones, you know, this has been something that's been uh, tried a lot on a bunch of different phones. I do agree also rollable and sort of like other form factors. Uh, I think they make a lot of sense. I There was this terrible, I think I've referenced this before, but a terrible TV show, sci-fi TV show that was on when in the 90s. 
Earth Final Conflict, which was like, I think it was a Gene Roddenberry thing um, post Star Trek. And it had all they had were these little communicators that had like roll out screens. And I always thought that looked awesome to me. So I'm here to try the rollable, slidable screens. I don't think the laptop is the place to do it, but uh, I'm intrigued. Bring, do you I'm need glad a, we're on the same page. There we go. Yeah. Do we need a foldable, uh, rollable screen in your life? So let's talk about the reality that is the Samsung product of quote-unquote foldable phones, which involves terrible compromises. I will remind you of the wonderful Joanna Stern video where she had one of these things that broke if it got a speck of dust in it, and then she sat in a dust-free tent in the middle of nowhere with like all these HEPA filters to make sure she could actually use the phone. Like these things have creases in it. It doesn't work out. It makes a beautiful product demo. The reality is you have this incredibly, incredibly fragile thing. So the real question is, do you want a fragile, a fragile screen here for some theoretical use case where you could roll it out and get a little more real estate knowing that it's going to be fragile and easy to be and will have compromises in the the clarity of it from different angles like do you want that reality and i i don't know if we can swear on this podcast but my answer is hell no so uh, that's how i feel f- fair enough i i <laughs> agree with you um i i think that every time i see one of these it's always some compromise that needs to be made to make it possible. And for me, it is not a compromise that I'm willing to make for what is potentially something better. I agree, uh, too, that this makes more sense as sort of a laptop form factor. Again, probably not one I would use because, as I always say, whenever we talk about stuff like this, I do want that future where I can just have a screen anywhere I want it and not be kind of tied to a physical manifestation of some sort. So, yeah, I that, that, that's what I want. I want it. Uh, Matthew, let's move on to your topic. Yes, my question for my fellow clockies. Um, so this this week and actually today, uh, there's a new app out by this um, by this guy Dan Gautier. It's called Up Ahead, and I've been testing it for a little while, and I'm really impressed by it. It's this really nice iOS app to um, count down to various things. It could be birthdays or recurring events in your life or just something you're looking forward to coming out. So my question is, what are you currently counting down to in your own life? Um, well, I just downloaded this app literally as we were talking about it so that I can add a, a countdown option to my uh, home screen there. Um, and I think the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, man, I'm really looking forward to the new Black Panther movie, which comes out in November. So I'm going to put a little countdown widget on there. I mean, I'm looking forward to other things in my life. Like I'm looking forward to my kids sleeping through the night, but I don't know when that will be. So I can't really do a countdown to it. Please that's me. true. That's true. If I, I have could, ones like that too. I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's cool. I like the, I find I am someone who often anticipates things like way in advance, uh, oftentimes movies or new TV shows or books that are coming out that I really want to read. And so I do like the idea of being able to have like a little widget that I can say, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that thing. And like, it's all, it is especially right now in a time where I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. It's nice to have something to look forward to that's positive. So yeah, uh, I definitely appreciate this and, um, uh, well, man, I could have used this when I was uh, when my book, my last book, was coming out. That would have been something oh, I look yeah. forward to. 
But mm. I don't know when the next book's coming out. So again, I can't really put that in there. <laughs> no countdowns in your life. No countdowns. They're very bl- they're very vague. My countdowns. Uh, Bree, what about you? What are you looking forward to? So the pinball world works very similar to the Ferrari world. Like I don't know if you know this, but you can't just go to the Ferrari dealership and go, "Oh, hello, I would like a Ferrari." Like they have to know you, and you have to work your way up to being like a a trusted enough client to get on the list to to go buy a new Ferrari. So the pinball world is very similar to that. That when uh, Stern brings out new games, you can't just go and say, "Oh, I want the." limited edition of this game like you have to be a trusted person with like a big enough social media footprint and like have bought enough pinball machines to kind of be known by the distributors and all of that so stern announced 007 pinball which is it's a a pinball game based on the sean connery era uh movies and i was so thrilled that i'm now uh i'm now big enough in the pinball world that i'm able to get the le edition for that so that's going to be like two or three months from now and i am hyper psyched about that i cannot wait to cover it that's exciting You, you can come over and play dan (laughs) <laughs> all right i'll put that on my list when you, you can do yeah, it when you're overloaded that'll be an opportunity um well, when you're when your kid is napping yeah there we go yeah <laughs> countdown to the next step um as for me um probably vacation time that i have coming up would be hmm. a good countdown um i am looking forward to that i have used this in the past um or apps similar to this in the past as a means of counting down. Uh, remember when we used to go to concerts and stuff like that regularly? <laughs> uh, I liked to use it for that. And then um, at one point, um, quite literally right before the pandemic hit, uh, I had flown my mom out um, to California to uh, see where I work and, and do all that kind of stuff. And I had a countdown going for that. So yeah, it can be fun to uh, have that right there on your phone and be able to see it and have that anticipation coming up. But I would say a regular countdown app I use is Parcel, which of course is counting down when my next uh, package arrives. <laughs> so <laughs> that's always fun as well. Uh, why don't you round us out on this topic, Matthew? Yeah, I, I have a lot of stuff in here. I've got uh, anniversaries and birthdays. And so I've loaded it up with a bunch of different things. But I think the thing that I'm uh, most excited about is also uh, some vacation. I haven't traveled that much this year. And so I have a whole bunch of time left to take off at the end of the year. So I'm counting down to December 9th, which is when my uh, end of year vacation begins. All right. Well, uh, with that, we have reached halftime. And that means I get to tell you about Rogue Amoeba, who are bringing you this episode of Clockwise. Thank you, Rogue Amoeba. Rogue Amoeba Software is celebrating their 20th anniversary. That means... How many? Yes, two full decades making amazing audio apps for the Mac. If you're a podcaster like us, if you're a musician, or just someone who just listens to audio on their Mac, well, Rogue Amoeba can make your life better. Whatever you want to do with your audio, it's a very good bet they've got a tool to help you. With Audio Hijack, you can record any audio, like this very podcast. Loopback, incredible program, gives you extremely powerful audio routing without needing cables or mixers. And SoundSource is the sound control that, frankly, should be built into macOS. What I love, too, is that uh, Rogue Amoeba isn't about running gimmicky sales or discounts. They just charge fair prices at all times. However, 
because they're celebrating their anniversary, they are making a special exception for a very, very limited time to celebrate their 20 years in business. You can get 20% off any purchase from Rogue Amoeba. All you have to do is go to macaudio.com to save 20% on anything they make. And the deal is only valid until the end of September, so you don't have much time left. Download free trials, give them a go, then buy online to receive the discounted price. Congratulations to Rogue Amoeba on 20 great years. Visit them at macaudio.com now before that offer ends. And of course, our thanks to Rogue Amoeba for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we are back from the break, and that means it's time for Dan's Topic. So, uh, obviously, the latest iPhones have even more fantastic cameras in them with these uh, great new features like RAW shooting at 48 megapixels on the iPhones Pro. Uh, My question for you is, do you consider, like, what kind of iPhone photography are you? Are you a casual photographer or do you consider yourself more of a, like, a power photographer? Do you shoot in RAW? Do you edit and retouch your photos? I want to know what your sort of photo workflow is. Bree, lead us off here. Um, you know, I have a really good, uh, you know, full frame camera. So when I'm doing, um, you know, like something I really, really care about, you know, I bring out the real tools. So for me, um, I, I do have the, the iPhone 14, uh, Pro Max. So my camera in that is really good. I tend to use it as like a utilitarian camera, um, you know, for a quick tweet or for a picture I may send like my mechanic or my husband about something, but it's not like a really serious uh, uh, tool that I use just because I think uh, depth of field is such an important part of photography mm-hmm. that you just like, you can kind of cheat it with iPhone, but it's just, there's not enough fine control over that to make it really worth it. So yeah, I appreciate that you can shoot you know 4k video and and work with raw and do all these great things but uh i i just i find i like the old tools if that makes sense i am not like a serious iphone photographer or a serious photographer at all however um matthew castanelli and i uh friend of the show matthew castanelli uh set up a photo walk in san francisco uh over this past weekend where we specifically were going we're bringing uh you know you all bring your iphones whichever one you have and we'll bring our iphones and we're all going to walk around the city and take photographs and make use of these new cameras that we have and that ended up being really fun um being able to, you know, shoot and roll, see what's possible there. And we all shared our photos afterwards. And there were some really cool shots that, that uh, happened. And having uh, them in raw meant being able to do some more editing. So I don't regularly do that. But it was fun to, at the very least, pretend to be a serious iPhone photographer for a moment. <laughs> uh, but when it all boils down to it, I am also with Brie um, in the sense that Anytime I whip out the more exp or the the more purpose built camera and shoot some photos, it's like, man, I love how that looks, and it doesn't feel the same as shooting uh, with an iPhone when it comes to you know, especially like portrait photography and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, kind of back and forth. Matthew, what about you? For me, I only shoot on iPhone, and I think how serious I take take it depends on the day and and what I'm shooting, but. Um, when I've got the time and when I'm in the mood, I will shoot in raw and I'll edit in Darkroom, which is a really, really great uh, iPhone photography app. And then 
I think this has gotten um, to be a bigger thing for me in the last year or so because of the app Glass, which is a uh, photo social network that has none of the kind of stories or videos and stuff that's on Instagram, but just a lot of people who are focused on really great iPhone photography. So my best shots end up there. I'm, I consider myself a pretty casual photographer. I have owned an SLR in the past who's been collecting dust in a in a drawer somewhere because once the iPhone cameras hit a certain point, again, you know, the old Maxim, you know, the best camera is the one you have with you. And I just, you know, I always have my iPhone with me, right? So I find that I use it more than anything else. Um, I, you know, did enjoy playing, um, you know, taking my, my SLR with me and taking pictures of that. But I never knew that much, like, how to tweak it. I left largely left it on auto, and the shots even then looked pretty great. But I always was aware, like, I'm sure there's more I can get out of this if I knew what I was doing. Um, but it wasn't really something I wanted to spend a lot of time doing. And I think in that way, the, that's why the iPhone camera is such a great success for me is because somebody like me was like, I don't even want to muck around. I just want to point and shoot. Um, it can still take pretty great pictures. Obviously, there's more to get out of it. And if you use an app like uh, Halide, for example, like, you know, it can enable all these other extra features that if you're uh, more of a power photographer, you can get more out of. But it's so good just for the ease of use that I think it has become my default camera. That said, I also don't go back and really edit or retouch things very often unless I'm really going to, you know, want to crop something or I'm trying to put something up for print or whatever. But like, I tend to leave that for like when I'm posting stuff on social media, I'll just use a, do a quick crop or, or something with the tools built into Instagram or Twitter or what have you. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just a, a filthy casual in that regard. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I suppose it gets by and, you know, like I said, with, uh, with the, the camera as good as it is, um, it's hard to take really bad shots, I find. But thank you all for your thoughts on that topic. Let us go to our final topic, uh, on a very important subject, which comes from Brie. I, I promise I picked this before uh, kind of the countdown topic, Matthew. I'm not trying to turn <laughs> uh, clockwise into a pinball podcast. That, that would be cool. Uh, I So one of the things that has really happened in the last few years is pinball has really had this uh, resurgence really fueled by the pandemic. You know, people are spending massive amounts of time at home. So anything kind of related to the home uh, is, is stuff generally that went up in value like furniture or video games or, you know, even, uh, you know, GPUs for your computer. It was very hard to get this. And, you know, pinball machines, you saw a explosion in that market. Uh, you could have older games that would just regularly sell for $4,000, uh, go for 8000 9000 even $10,000, uh, just because so many people were buying that. So with kind of this, uh, you know, old school hobby seeing such a huge resurgence in all these new pinball manufacturers popping up, I just wanted to ask all of you, what are, what are kind of your favorite pinball machines that you've ever played? I think that I remember playing the Adams Family Pinball when I was a kid. This is the part that I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but I feel like when you started it, it did the da 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 da. And then that's like the kickoff. And then there was so much reference to the Adams family, so much noise that took place. And so that one would definitely be like, if, if it is a true memory, then that one has stuck with me the most. Um, but as far as like, you know, and interest in this hobby, I way back in uh, college, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And as I was reading this question this morning, I thought, this is 
such a great uh, mixture of sort of stimulation and also concentration. And um, one thing that uh, has been proven to help someone with ADHD is working on hand-eye coordination because of the parts of the brain that it strengthens. So like all of this coming together explains why I have in the past really enjoyed phone versions of pinball. And there's this, uh, I think it's called Wizards Pinball or Pinball Wizards or something like that that's in the Apple Arcade store. And I played that all the time. And what is fascinating to me is that despite the fact that pinball can be incredibly frustrating for me, I will continue to play it, which is unlike other situations where it was, especially with games, if I get frustrated enough, then it's like, okay, I got to put that away for a while. But pinball, it's like, oh, got to get back in it. Got to get back in it. Got to get back in it. So I could totally understand why folks are super into pinball. And yeah, I remember playing Adam's family pinball for sure. Um, Matthew, tell us about yours. Uh, this is Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure, which came out in August of 1993. I have so many memories of being at Chuck E. Cheese playing this game as yes, a kid. Um, there's the incredible soundtrack from Indiana Jones is in there. There's this, uh, beautiful, um, old school, like orange LCD screen. There's these rails. The, the balls become the boulder from Indiana Jones. So there's just so much in this game to love and, uh, it, it is for sale, refurbished for $15,000, but I don't think I have the space or the budget for it at the moment. There's a, uh, a redo of that game uh, that just came out on uh, like every single platform uh, in uh, uh, Pinball FX3 that you can buy for like $10. It's a great okay, recreation we'll of that game. Yeah. Um, so I, I do enjoy pinball, but I'm not like a pinball like purist like i enjoy going in and playing pinball but i don't know that i necessarily have favorite tables to play on i've been to a couple like i went to a pinball museum in like on a cross-country trip 20 years ago and we happened to be going through kansas and in salinas kansas there was like a pinball museum that we discovered um which was my friend who i was with was is a big pinball fan um and then locally um there is a quote-unquote secret uh bar uh in uh, cambridge that has a bunch of pinball tables and it's an arcade but it's also a bar um and they have a bunch of good pinball tables there but i'm going to pick my my best friend from high school's his favorite pinball table the one that he and his wife were like you know just talk about like when we get married we'll get this and that is medieval madness um which is a an excellent pinball game uh where i believe it's got like uh like castles in there essentially and everything and you can i don't know there's all i don't i i am not again not the biggest pinball person myself but i have played many a pinball game enjoyed that one but yeah it does have a castle in it with like a little drawbridge and stuff like that so uh that's the one that i would pick so for me, um, like we have eight machines in our house and I love all of them in different ways. The game that I will never sell because it's just that good is actually uh, it's the number one game on Pinside, which is really surprising because it's a new game. Uh, it's Godzilla pinball uh i have to tell you it was designed by uh elwin who is just a wonderful designer this game uh is like from the toho era of godzilla and it's based on all those old movies so as you play it you get clips of like uh you know uh ebera and you know mecha godzilla shows up and it's all these wonderful kaiju battles the sound design is amazing the table flow is great and you really feel like you're just a monster hammering on everything in the game 
and participating in these kaiju battles. It is an adrenaline rush every single time you play it. People don't appreciate this, but pinball games are really roguelikes, uh, like as far as game design, because you, you have a set limited number of lives, it's game over at the end, but you get more powerful the longer you play. So uh, it's just an extremely good game, and uh, it's out on many locations. I would recommend people go play it. Folks, we are going to take another quick break before we come back with our bonus topic. I do want to tell you we're running out of time, uh, but there is still time to help St. Jude because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And for the fourth consecutive year, the Relay FM community is rallying together again to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, finding cures and saving children. This year, St. Jude celebrates 60 years of leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. The son of grateful immigrants, Danny Thomas, brought people together in support of that life-saving goal, finding cures and saving children. With a focus on saving as many children as possible, St. Jude brought research and patient care under one roof and pioneered racial integration as the first fully integrated children's hospital in the southern United States. As it expands in scope and extends its life-saving mission to help more children around the world, St. Jude continues to stand as a beacon of hope for families everywhere. Childhood Cancer Awareness Month is an opportunity for us to come together in the fight against childhood cancer, and of course, together we can make a huge impact. Since our first Relay FM for St. Jude campaign in 2019, we've now raised more than $2 million as a community. And a huge thanks to everyone who has helped make that possible over the last four years. Uh, We invite you to make a donation. Donors who make an individual gift of $60 or more will receive a digital bundle, including a wallpaper and macOS screensaver pack. And, um... There's some excellent Easter eggs in that screensaver pack. Uh, Donors who make an individual gift of $100 or more will receive a set of stickers in addition to the digital bundle. And of course, don't forget, uh, if your employer does matching, fill out the form at stjude.org slash relay to have the match credited to our campaign. Please go to stjude.org slash relay to donate and to find out more about fundraising. Once again, that is stjude.org slash relay to learn more and donate. Let's cure childhood cancer together. All right, back from the break. And now it is time for my bonus topic. If you ran a bakery, what pastry, pie, cake, or goodie would be your best seller? And uh, give us a little brief description of it. Matthew? Have any of you ever had a cannelay? No. Oh my God. I'm about to change your world. So a cannelay, it's a French pastry. It's a small, small French pastry that's flavored with rum and vanilla usually. And it's got this like soft custard center with this dark, thick, caramelized crust on the outside. And it's tiny and it's a little cylinder. I had one of these a few years ago. Um, in, in this little coffee shop in Manhattan, and I, I, it changed it changed my life. So, most people who bake these, once they have one, they become incredibly obsessed with them, perfecting them, spending years honing their craft. You need to make them really well. You need um, these copper molds that are really hard to get. They they usually only have them in France, but I got some of these copper molds, and I started making these cannelés a few times a year, and they are delicious. So, if I opened a pastry shop, it would be cannelés all day. I love the name. Uh, 
Um, if we're going with something that I actually make, uh, I think it would be popovers. I love a good popover. Um, eggy, uh, delicious, airy, um, great hot out of the oven with some butter or some jam. That to me is like the ideal uh, baked good. It's just a, it's not only good on its own, but it's a great delivery system for, uh, for toppings. Brie, what about you? Uh, mine is not as classy as Canales. Uh, in the South, where I grew up in Mississippi, we had the unhealthy version of the donut, which is the <laughs> Shipley's donut. So I want you to imagine a deep fried donut filled with white cake icing. What? It is so good. <laughs> what? How they does that they even ideally work? should have it right next to a diabetes clinic just to right. make sure you're safe. Uh, but they're so good. And every time I go down to the South, I hunt down a Shipley's to, to eat one of these. And oh then sugar crash for like five hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, so mine would be uh, macarons, but it would be all of them would uh, be tea, different types of tea flavors. And then you would get to have the the cup of tea that is inspired by that macaron. So there'd be, you know, rooibos tea and a rooibos macaron and uh, different fruit uh, versions, all sorts of herbal ones, mint ones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I realized that I said, uh, what would be your bestseller? Um, so my rooibos tea macaron would be the one that was the bestseller. Um if you would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. All you do is go to Relay.fm slash Clockwise and sign up for five bucks a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss notifications. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. All that is left is to say goodbye to our awesome guests, Matthew Bischoff. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. It was great to talk to all of you. And Brianna Wu, thank you so much for being here. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and Micah, that is it for us this week. We'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.